Welcome to the Writer's Block. I am your host, Jennifer Harris, freelance writer, blogger, and indie author. The Writer's Block exists to give resources, tools, and visibility to other indie authors, especially minority writers, writers of color, and black writers. Let this podcast serve as a haven for all of you who need light in these dark times and who may not have a soft place to fall just yet. Even for those of you who have a desire to write and need support to keep going. Get your pens, get your paper, we're about to circle the block. Hello again, dear ones. It's Jen Harris once more yet again and still with a bonus episode of The Writer's Block. Now, for those of you who have followed this space for some time, know that my mission in life is to equip black writers, to encourage them, to give them platform, to make their work more visible, to even in some cases launch from my shoulders. That's what I do here. That is one of the reasons why this podcast exists, for visibility and to fight the subtle erasure that comes along with being at the intersection of black and writer or black woman and writer. And sometimes I don't always get that right, but I am diligent in what I believe is right, especially in this artistic space, especially in the dispensation of time that we're in now. Now, if you have been paying attention to the new, this last uh, news cycle, you now know that the world famous Ida B. Wells Barnett has been awarded the Pulitzer Prize. The thing about that, though, Ida B. Wells Barnett died almost 90 years ago of kidney failure. Her uh, grave is in, I believe it's Oak Park Cemetery in Chicago. And she wasn't even 70 yet. She died of kidney failure. And for those of you who know me in real life should know that it is Ida B. Wells Barnett, who encouraged me, who was my role model and still is my role model and hero and one of the um, deciding factors of me once pursuing or wanting to pursue journalism as a career. I loved how bold she was. I love that she took no stuff. One of the um, quotes that her grandson gave was, was this. She didn't suffer fools, and she saw fools everywhere. And one of the other um, quotes that Ida, that Ida B. Wells said was, she'd rather die fighting than, than be caught like a rat or a dog in a trap and not say nothing. For those of you also who follow this space and also um, the ideal Firestarter, know that she is, Ida B. Wells Barnett is the patron saint, if you were, for that, this particular part of Al Gore's internet that anything that I do that is bold, that is daring, that I believe will ruffle feathers in some in some instances or cases, it's, I call myself being I to be. Because I believe that is what's needed in that particular situation. And this situation, beloveds, my dearest oracles, my other linguistic acrobats, my verbal slayers, my writers across genre and platform, and seas and skies and lands. This particular accolade that she, is, that she has garnered has me feeling some type of way. 
the Pulitzer Prize was created in 1917 or 18. I want to believe it was 1917. And at that time, I believe Ida was writing in Chicago. And doing all this work. And the thing that is so irksome about this is as great a as great an honor as a Pulitzer Prize is for a writer or a journalist she can't even see it she's been dead almost a century and now the world wants to remember her now the world wants to say how brilliant she was how bold she was how daring she was if you've read anything about Ida B. Wells' life, you know that Ma took no shit. None. She was born she was born a slave and she was born a slave. She got emancipation before she was five. Her parents died of yellow fever. She raised her she raised her sister. She made, she built herself up and got educated. She went off on her white principal at her school who tried to talk reckless to her in a time where they where they were in where they were deciding how to exterminate the free Negro population. You know, so she actually got a, she actually got arrested uh, for not giving up a seat to a white person on a, on, in a um, railroad car in Memphis. This was like a decade, no, 12 years exactly, before Plessy v. Ferguson. Plessy v. Ferguson is the case that Jim Crow hung his hat on saying everything could be separate but equal. It was that injustice done to her after this railroad car incident that caused her to write. When she sued the railroad in, in Memphis that told her she had to get up, they had colored they had colored or Negro accommodations. But she was just incensed that you would ask me to move. I'm not moving, I'm sitting right here. I can hear her now, I'm sitting right here, I'm not moving. And she was awarded five hundred dollars but the Tennessee but the Tennessee Board of Appeals uh, or ten- Tennessee judicial system and that current permutation overturned her settlement. And from there, she decided to start writing about these types of injustices. And it was her who began to compile these reports about how these, how these, how this swath of uh, black folk were just find- being found lynched, lynched and murdered. And as a writer, as a student of her, as it were, as one who reveres this woman, the, this woman who I call my own grandmother, even though I have no biological ties to her. Y'all want to honor her now? Y'all want to honor her now? If anything, there needs to be a resurgence of that type of boldness that she had at at the time of this of this recording there have been two other hashtags of young black men just out living their life that are killed by white supremacists if anything there needs to be a resurgence in that level of boldness in that level of this is wrong and i'm going to show you why even with uh, Ida 
going going um, exploring exploring the South, and, she, and you should Google her life. If you have not done so already. Where she was, th- where um, the printing press, the, the newspaper that she was working at, I believe it was in Memphis. That uh, it was tore up and burnt down. They came to kill her because she because she was determined to expose the evil of racism for what it is. And she was told by her friend, like, look, you need not come back here because they're looking for you. But at the same time, she did not stop writing. She did not stop reporting. She did not stop telling the truth. And now, 89 years after she has been gone, now you want to garner her with this crown and she ain't even here to see it. Something about that, dear, my dearest oracles, is frustrating. It is beyond frustrating. And because it is frustrating, because it is frustrating, is the reason why I still run the Ideal Firestarter. It's still the reason why I run Ivory Fire, where I have all my think pieces and essays and, and things like and things of that nature. All that information will be in the show notes. There's still a reason why the uh, mantra or motto for the ideal fire starter is it's got to be said and got to be said by somebody and that's exactly how i live my creative life when i have to report on things things that are going on going on like this but the fact remains that ida b wells barnett is one of the most influential black journalists who had existed on the shore. And we, and the powers that be, decided almost a century later to give her the accolade she is due. And, and was due at its inception. Because it, it was seen that safe writers, especially safe, especially black writers, we are safer when we are dead. We are safer when the pen. We are safer when the pen is quiet. When the pen is empty. When there's no. When there's no other work. When everything is a draft. When nothing is published. Where we die with things on the inside of us that then contribute to the soil, but not knowing that that that, that but not knowing what is left in the soil is going to empower those who come after. As I said on on uh, I breathe fire yesterday, that God knew how hard it would be to be a black journalist or a black female writer or a black female journalist. Shouts to Yumichi, Yumichi Alcindor and and, April, and uh, Auntie April Ryan and the host and the host of black female journalists who, who do this work every single day. Shouts to them. We cannot do this without you and I salute you and I see you sis. The thing is, my dearest oracles, that as much as I want to be happy about this, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. The one thing that I believe, again, needs to occur is that, one, we encourage black writers, which is, again, why podcasts like this exist, why my podcast exists, that we need to give voice and credence to the black female writer across board, across platform, and across genre. 
And much like my other shero, Nikki Giovanni, she said that if the black woman wasn't born, she'd have to be invented. And I completely agree with that. This is one of those cases where if she was not born, she would have to be invented. She would have to be, because the world needs that. One of my other, one of my other writer friends, the beautiful and utterly brilliant Ashley Yates, she says it this way, black women take care of black women. That's what we do. That's what we've been taught to do. This posthumous award for Ida B. Wells Barnett for her, for her contribution to American history and to investigative journalism seems hollow and pyrrhic. It does not seem, it does not ring true, beloved. It does not ring true. And perhaps I'm totally willing to say it's just me. And maybe this is just how I feel. And not everybody got to feel this way. But the one thing that I keep coming back to is they waited 89 years with the with now the dedication of the lynching museum in Alabama. I, I believe the formal name for it or proper name for it is called the uh, I think the center, the center for the Peace Center for Hope and Change. Don't quote me on that, but I'm and I'm sorry if I if I said if I if I didn't quote the name correctly. But the fact, but the fact that the fact remains that this this posthumous award feels hollow. It doesn't feel like something I need to shout from the rafters. It feels like something that. Feels like feels like that. I want to ask these people why didn't you at why didn't you give her this? Uh, literally, uh, almost real, literally a hundred years ago. Why didn't you give this to her when you, when she was actively out here doing it? Or or, you know, has do the rules of racism still apply for dead black folk too? Now that's a rhetorical statement because I already know the answer for that. And if you all have been following again me on any platform, you already know I know the answer to that. The fact the fact remains that to be black and writer in this in this nation is is to have a unique responsibility. It is to be cognizant of the world of the world around you, the world you navigate, and the world that and the world that might be if people would only listen and act right and just listen to you and value your experience. Baldwin said that um, there's always, there, there have always been poets, writers, artists, and those people are, are perhaps the only people who know, who know the truth about ourselves. And he also says, he also said that the nation needs to be nervous and scared if it stops producing poets. That if there be if there be a time where there actually is no or is no more art, is no there are no more Ida B's, there are no more Jennifer Harris's, there are there are no more, you know, Lovey Ajayas, there are there are no more Tony Morrison's and so on 
and so forth. No, no more Alice Haley's, no, no more Lorraine Hansberry's, no more Zora Neale Hurston's, no more Langston Hughes's. No, when there ceases to be, when there ceases to be that, pre- that, that presence of that identity of being both black and writer, in my opinion, in this country, then we have a problem. Then that means that the erasure, that program of erasure has worked. That it has worked. And we cannot let that happen. We simply cannot let that happen. And with that, beloveds, I want you to remember that you're not in this thing by yourself. That there are more black writers than you think there are. Even if you have to look to history to find them. But you are not in this by yourself. You are not just a black English major. You are a space keeper. You are a decoder of mysteries. You are, the, you are a gatekeeper. You are a, you are a holder of the door. You are someone who is able to marry the academic and the artistic. You are more than what you think you are. Because there's a generation of black writers who need to be, who need to be inspired, who need to be taught, who need to be mentored, who need to realize that life is bigger, so much bigger than what, than what they think it is. And need to be told that it's okay if you model your style after this particular writer or this particular writer, or if you draw strength, or if you draw strength like I do from you know, your core four writers, my, and my core four have always been Ida B. Wells Barnett. They've been Maya Angelou. They have been, <laughs> they have been, and now I can add Lucille Clifton to that. And always Toni Morrison. Those are my core, oh, no, not, I think I already said Toni. So my core four, actually, James Baldwin, Lucille Clifton, um, my Maya, always and Nikki Giovanni. Those are my core four. When life, when life gets hard and after I pray, after I cry, I, I find some solace in that and always, always, always I to be. So I, perhaps this is a bittersweet victory, not necessarily Pyrrhic. Perhaps it's bittersweet that the world knows her name and that you can go to any portion of the universe where there is a computer and 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 an internet connection and enter her name in it and find out just how dope she really was storytellers, oracles, and other writing troublemakers, it is that time again for me to leave you to your thoughts and words. Remember to follow the Writer's Block Podcast on social media. You can find us at the Writer's Block Official on Instagram and the Writer's Block Podcast on Facebook. If you are interested in advertising with us, would like a book to be recommended, or know an indie author who needs more shine, Make sure, pretty please, to email us at circlethewritersblock at gmail.com. Special thanks to Valor Music 
LLC based out of San Antonio, Texas for all audio production and mixing. Remember, you have the power to bend blank pages to the will of your pen. See you all again next time when we circle the block.